0: Welcome to the Encounter Church podcast. We believe that this message is going to bless your life, encourage you, and strengthen your walk with Jesus. Grab a notebook, a pen, and let's jump right in. I'm gonna go ahead and jump right into our message today. We are in week two of a series that we're simply calling Choose Joy. And let me be honest with you, that's sometimes easier said than done. Right? Come on. It's sometimes easier said than done, right? Okay, you guys are not living in the same world that I'm living in. I went to Walmart yesterday, and I think every crazy person in the town showed up, including me, We, we were all there, hanging out together in the chaos, and, and sometimes you're going through all this chaos, you're going through this place, and, and all these things are bombarding up against you, and yet the Bible says that no matter what we face, no matter what we go through, no matter what we experience, we've got to choose joy. Now, Paul tells the church of Philippi this, and, and how, what gives him the right to speak this directly to the church? Well, first off, he and his team are the ones that helped to establish this group of believers. But he had also spent time building trust, a strong bond with the church of Philippi. So with that being said, let me state this. The attitude that you choose, now listen carefully this morning. The attitude that you choose and the relationships that you build can and ultimately will directly affect the influence that you have on the world around you. Amen. Yeah. Come on, let me say that again because that needs to sink in. That's the foundation of what we're building on today. The attitude that you choose, look at your neighbor this morning and say, What's your attitude? The attitude that you choose and the relationships that you build can and ultimately will affect the influence that you have on the world around you. Every one of us has a responsibility of how are we representing Jesus Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, all throughout the week, not just Sunday, Sunday. Come on, sometimes we think, well, my my walk with Christ, that's a Sunday morning experience. That's a Sunday morning time. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says it's a day in and day out moment with Jesus. So the attitude that you choose, the behavior that you wrap yourself around, it has the influence and the opportunity to be an influence on the world around you. How are you representing Jesus? I challenge you today, choose wisely. Philippians chapter 1 verse 27 says this, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Joy is a choice. It's a choice that you've got to make. It's a choice that I've got to make. Whatever happens, in other words, no matter what, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I love how the message paraphrase reads this. It says, meanwhile, live in such a way that you are a credit to the message of Christ. Live in such a way that, that you are a credit, that, that what you say, that what you do, that how you respond is a credit to the message of Christ. This idea of living in a way that you are a credit, it simply means that you must intentionally add value to the cause of Jesus. Come on. Understand this, listen carefully. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's not about any one of us. It's all about Jesus. What can you add to the message of Jesus to to multiply this message of Jesus Christ? Now understand this. There is absolutely nothing you can do to make him love you more and there's absolutely nothing you can do to make him love you less. God loves you unconditionally. You can't do anything to add to what he did when he died on the cross to redeem you, to pay the price for your salvation. But the actions that you take and the life that you display to the world around you can add volumes to the ability of others to receive or even reject The message of Jesus. Come on, let me say that again. Some of you need to write that down. The actions that you take. The life that you live. Come on, take just a moment. Look over your last week. I want you to visually rewind and look at your last week. What did your actions do? Did they add value to the cause of Christ. Did the words that you spoke add value or degrade the cause of Christ? Because ultimately what you do and what you say has the potential to add volumes to how others receive or even reject the message of Christ. Therefore, as a Christian, as a believer, as a follower of Christ, I challenge you today, choose joy. Choose joy. It's not always easy. And there are gonna be moments, I think I said this last week in one of the services, there are gonna be moments when you don't wanna choose joy. There are gonna be moments when in your mind you say things like this, well, I just want to be mad right now. Right? Anybody ever have moments? I just want to be super mad right now. But the choice that we have to make, because it's not about us. It's not about me getting my way. It's not about you being justified. But it's about Jesus. Is the message of Jesus being laid out to those in front of me. Are the words that I'm speaking, are the responses that I'm presenting or giving, are they adding value? Are they giving credit to The message of Jesus Christ. Today I want to take a few moments and I want to look at three actions that we've got to take as we follow after Christ in this journey to choose joy. The first action is this. Choose an attitude that reflects Jesus. Come on. Choose an attitude that reflects Jesus. When the chaos of life is going on around you, when your boss is yelling at you, when your when your coworker isn't showing up, and you're having to do their job also, choose an attitude that reflects Jesus. Now, with each of our action steps today, I've put the word choose on the front side. Why am I doing this? Because our daily walk with Jesus is a choice. How do I know that? Because the Bible says this in Luke chapter 9. Then he, or Jesus, said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross when? Daily and follow me whoever wants to be my disciple whoever wants to be my follower if you call yourself a christian if you identify with christ then what you must do is deny yourself but i just want to be mad it doesn't matter you deny yourself you step into what god has for you you represent him you take up your cross every single day you choose joy and you follow him we got to choose an attitude that reflects who Jesus is. And Jesus said, whoever wants. In other words, you have a choice. God has made it all available to you. He's put in your spiritual toolbox the ability to choose joy. Second Peter says this, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life he's given you the ability he's placed it in your spiritual toolbox That the problem is sometimes our toolbox is so scattered with junk that we can't find what we need in the moment come on i, I try to organize my toolbox at home But some of you guys can relate. You get done with a project, you're tired, you don't want to. Some of you guys are anal retentive, and you put everything back and you've got it labeled, you've got a hammer drawn on your wall, and you put it back where it goes. For me, I want to do that. That's my goal, that's my desire. But truth be told, I go looking for that hammer, it's someplace in the garage. I've sat it on top of something, and I think, oh, later on, I'll put it back where it needs to go. Later on, I'll remember it's there, and truth be told, later on, I have no clue where I put that thing, and I'm looking all over the garage, and finally, I find it sitting on top of the cabinets in the garage. Why it's there, I don't know. Why I thought I'd remember that, I don't know. But some of us do that spiritually. We haven't taken the time to really dive into who God would have us to be. Oh, we know it's in there someplace, we know we can find it someplace, but in this moment, in this time of of frustration, in this time of irritation, in this time of discouragement, in this time of doubt, I can't grab it rapidly, so I'm gonna step into self. I'm gonna respond like self. Can I just tell you, that doesn't work. It doesn't work. We got to learn to choose an attitude that reflects who Jesus is. This behavior that, that Christ has placed in your toolbox, it's yours to accept and apply or reject it and ignore. You can accept it, you can apply it, or you can reject it and ignore it. Which will it be for you today? Oh, well, Pastor, I'm just telling you, that's not how my family functions. We're just blunt people. We just say it how it is. We bottle things up. We blow up from time to time. Once we blow up, everything's good, but every once in a while, there's going to be an explosion. Now, I understand that upbringing can influence your life. I get that. But as a Christian, you're part of a new family. The Bible says that old lifestyle is gone. Last week we baptized several people, not only here, but also in Warrensburg. And and as they went down into the water, that that symbolizes the, the death of the old self and the resurrection of the new. The Bible says the moment we give our life to Christ, we're a new creation. The old is gone, and behold, the new is alive. Yet for some reason, we we fall back into this mindset of, well, that's just who I am. No, that's who you used to be before Jesus got a hold of you. Now it's your opportunity to reflect who he is because of what he has done. I challenge you today, choose a life that reflects Jesus. Allow it to become your new identity. Allow it to become the DNA which is deep inside of you, a life that is consumed by the nature of who Jesus is. It's time to add value to the message of Jesus. So how are we to live? If we have this new nature, if we have this new ability, if Jesus has placed it in our spiritual toolbox, how are we to live? Well, we know the character that we're supposed to show, we talked about it last week, it's what the Holy Spirit produces in us, the fruit of the Spirit of love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. But Micah chapter 6 gets a little bit more specific, and he says this, but he's already made it plain how to live, what to do, what God is looking for in men and women. It's quite simple. How many of you like simple? Simple. I like things simple. Just kind of tell me how it is. Don't put big fluffy words around it. So that's what happens here. He said, it's quite simple. Do what is fair and just to your neighbor. Makes sense. Be compassionate and loyal in your love. And don't take yourself too seriously. Take God seriously. We're to do what is fair. We're to do what is just, what is right, We're to show compassion. We're to let the love of Christ radiate to those around us. We're to take God seriously. Honestly, it's time to stop playing spiritual games. It's time to be consistent in our walk with Jesus. It's time to choose a joy that reflects and adds value to the message of Christ. It's time, church, to be all in in our walk with Jesus. Not a little bit here and a a little bit there, but consistency, normalcy, allowing it to be established to the very DNA of who we are because of what Christ has done. Not just what we claim to be, but what we've allowed to be produced and to grow inside of us. Come on, the Holy Spirit produces a new nature. What are we doing to cultivate what he's produced? Those of you that have gardens or farms, those of you that plant seed, what would happen if you just went out and and threw some seed But you never really cultivated what was happening there. Oh, you might get a few stragglers here and there, right? But ultimately, what's going to happen? You're going to have weeds. You might even get some poison ivy beside my shed. I've got some poison ivy that just loves to grow, no matter how many times I spray it. If you don't take care of it, if you don't cultivate that soil, if you don't fertilize it, if you don't make sure it's watered, You're not going to produce the fruit. It's not going to mature like it needs to. So I challenge you, in in this journey of life, allow the very nature of Jesus, the the fruit that the Holy Spirit has placed inside of you, allow it to, to grow to maturity, to the place that it overflows to the world around you. Look what it says in Philippians chapter two. Don't be selfish. Come on, look at your neighbor this morning. Say, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Come on, anybody guilty of that? <laughs> be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look only for your own interests, but take an interest of others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Come on, it doesn't say you should have, or hey, it's a good idea if you... But it says, you must, it's imperative that you, you must have the same attitude that Jesus Christ had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges, he took the humble position of a slave. Here, Paul says, there's some guidelines. He tells us what we shouldn't do, but then he tells us what we should do. He makes it pretty clear. It's not about us. It's about adding value to the message of Jesus. It's a choice that we have to move closer into what God would have us to do, to step out of self and into the very presence of God, to step out of our emotion and into what he has, the reality of Jesus, what he desires for us to represent him, to share to the world. Don't try to impress others. Don't be selfish. Don't look out for your own interest, but take a hold of the same attitude that Jesus had. He was humble in his approach to life. Now society would tell us just the opposite. Society would say look out for yourself. Promote yourself. You are number one. Everyone owes you a favor. You deserve it. But truth be told, that's not biblical. Paul says, demonstrate an outward expression of the inward nature that God has placed in you allow that nature that that fruit of the spirit those nine fruit the love joy peace etc allow that to so be cultivated and grow to maturity that now that's an outward expression of what god what the holy spirit is doing deep inside your life but pastor my relationship with jesus is a private personal relationship it's for me and me alone no it's not not, I don't know where, where, where we get that, and I hear that a lot, but that's not biblical. We even sing the song as a little kid, hide it under a bushel. <laughs> that's not how you sing it as a four-year-old. <laughs> hide it under a bushel. I'm going to let it shine, right? Yet we become adults, and what do we do? they might ask me a question. I may not have the answer. You may not have the answer. That's why the Holy Spirit is there to speak through you. You see, our relationship with Jesus isn't a relationship that we hide on the inside. It's an outward expression that we demonstrate to the world around us as we choose to represent Jesus. Certainly a self-centered behavior will be expected from a person that haven't, hasn't accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. But if you've given your life to Christ, we no longer have an excuse to live our life for self. We don't have an excuse to be self-promoting. Honestly, we don't have an excuse to be a jerk. Because now we represent Jesus. Jesus. We're called to be set apart. We're called to be different than the world. On your outline this morning, I've given you questions for each one of our action steps. The question for action step number one is this. Do you think of others before you think of yourself? Yes or no? At first, I was going to have you rate yourself one to ten One being, no, I don't think of them at all. I think of myself 24-7, and and 10, hey, I never think of myself. I think of of others way more than anything else. But I kind of figure there's not a black and white zone to this. I mean, there's not a gray zone. It's black or white. Either you do or you don't. So answer that question. Do you think of others before you think of yourself? My second action step is this. Choose to do what it takes to reflect Jesus. Jesus. Choose to do what it takes to reflect Jesus. Now, now, there's a difference between choosing the attitude and actually doing what it takes, right? I can choose the attitude, but if I'm not going to do what it takes, I'm really not fulfilling the call that God has for me, what He wants me to do. Philippians chapter 2 says this work hard. Come on, we don't like that word. We don't. Man, and COVID really messed that up. We got so used to, well, I'm not going to go there. Work hard to show the result of your salvation. Do the hard work. Obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Why? Because it's not about us. Look at your neighbor this morning and say, it's not about you. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about him. So God is placing inside of you the ability, again, in your spiritual toolbox, he's given you the ability, the desire, the power to do what pleases him. The question is, are we willing to do the hard work? Or are we satisfied with just gimme, 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 gimme. See, this walk with Jesus truly demonstrating to the world will require hard work on your behalf. And this idea of work hard literally means to do something that brings about a result. Again, look over your last week. What did you do To work hard to show the results of your salvation. What results did you see in your actions that you took this week? See, many of us are willing to do things when it costs us nothing. Sure, if it doesn't cost me anything, I'll do it. Why not? Sounds like a great deal. But the moment it costs us something, we bail. It was Dr. J.H. Jowett that once said this Ministry that costs nothing accomplishes nothing. See, I believe that as we progress through this relationship with Christ, as we do the hard work, we're going to see the results on the other side. We're going to watch what God does, we're going to see incredible things occur. I'm honestly convinced that the days of just playing church, the days of just going through the motions are far behind us. That's truthfully why our nation is in the mess that it's in. It's time for the church to rise to the occasion. It's time for the church, you and I, to be willing to do the hard work so, that who we are at the core truly reflects who Jesus is. That it's more than just who I say that I am, but truly I am being and I'm, I'm stepping into who He's called me to be. I'm doing the hard work to establish what He's called me to do so there's results to my salvation. Again, you can't do anything more than He's done to save your soul. We're not saved by works. I can't volunteer enough, I can't be good enough, I can't do enough good deeds to earn my way to heaven. I'm saved because of the grace of Jesus Christ, of what he paid on the cross, but because of the free gift he gave to me, because of the free gift that he gave to you, we have a responsibility to choose wisely, to do the hard work, to show the results of the salvation that he's placed inside of our lives. I'm told of a religious festival in Brazil, a missionary was going from booth to booth. And if you've ever been to a third world country, there'll be areas where there's just tons of booths, and they're at they're the edge of the booth, and they're trying to sell their items. One particular little storefront had a sign hanging above their, their entrance, and it simply said this cheap crosses. The missionary thought that's what people want. They want a cheap cross. They want what's easy. But the cross that Jesus bore on the way to Golgotha, on Calvary, the cross that he bore for you and I wasn't a cheap cross. The cross that Jesus says that we are to pick up daily is not a cheap cross. It's going to require hard work on your part, on, on my part. See, the person that is all in with Jesus doesn't avoid the sacrifice He lives to glorify God, to do good for others, and if paying the price will honor Jesus and help others, they're willing to do so. They're willing to do the hard, to take up the hard and the heavy, to make it easy for the one. You see, the test of a sold-out Christian is not how much are we willing to take in terms of suffering, but how much are you willing to give in terms of sacrifice. As you're doing the hard work. How much are you willing to sacrifice for the cause of Christ? Here's the question we've got to ask. Are you willing to do what it takes to reflect Jesus? Yes or no? I can't answer that for you. That's a question you've got to answer for yourself. Are you willing to do what it takes I'm not talking about are you willing to show up on a Sunday. I'm not talking about are you willing to be part of a life group. I'm not talking about are you willing to be here on a Wednesday night or be here for an event. But are you willing to do the hard work to show the result of the salvation that Christ has made available to you? Yes or no? Action number three is this, choose to rejoice with Jesus. Come on, we got three steps here. We choose an attitude that reflects. We do what it takes to reflect. And now we choose to rejoice, to celebrate in who he is. Chapter three, verse one, Paul says, whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. I never get tired of telling you these things. I do it to safeguard your faith. I love how Paul kicks off this chapter. He says, whatever it takes, no matter what you face, no matter what you go through, no matter how people treat you or how they respond to you, you have a choice to choose to rejoice in the Lord. The word rejoice here literally means to be glad, to rejoice exceedingly, to thrive. And I got to that word thrive, and I thought, that changed everything. When is the last time that you chose to thrive in the joy of the Lord? We all have moments where we celebrate, moments where we laugh, but what about thriving? When is the last time that you stepped into that idea of truly thriving In life, I believe this is only possible when we put the first two action steps into motion, when we choose the attitude, when we choose to do the hard work. You see, it's so easy to get caught up in the stuff around us, the material items, the situational issues, even the personal things like reputation and popularity and achievements and miss what's most important. Oftentimes, we think that joy is only possible when everything in life is working out just right, when all the pieces are falling into place, but truth be told, that's not the reality of life. Here's the reality of life, John John 16, 33. In here on earth, in this world, you will have many trials and sorrows. That's the reality. Well, Pastor, I thought we were talking about rejoicing. We are, we'll get there. But I've got to give you the reality. I can't. Prom, I can't stand here and promise you all of life is going to be amazing. You're never going to have an issue. You're never going to have a problem. Everybody's going to love you, right? I mean, you're, you're amazing. Why wouldn't they love you? You're going to get along with everybody. Everything is going to go smooth. You're never going to have an issue. No one's ever going to honk their horn at you. It's going to be awesome. No, the Bible says in John 16:33, you're going to have problems. Here in this world, you're going to have issues. You're going to have trials. You're going to have sorrows. But Jesus goes on to say this, but take heart because I've overcome the world. Yes, amen. Grab a hold of this. That's so much bigger than your issue. I'm not belittling your issue. I'm not belittling your struggle. But put it in comparison with everybody in the world struggles together compounded Jesus said I've overcome all of it you're going to have issues you're going to have problems but you've got a choice the question we've got to ask is God what do you want me to learn through this God, how can I grow in my maturity in this? You have a choice of where you find and establish the basis of your joy. 1 Peter 1.8 tells us that it's a joy unspeakable. It's a joy that's full of glory. Not a joy based on happenings, but a joy that's based upon the one that's already overcome, your world. Your final question is this. Is your first source of joy Jesus? Is your first choice? You wake up and it's been a rough morning. Where do you turn for joy? Something I've been praying a lot. I heard a pastor friend of mine share this about a month and a half ago and I've been using it faithfully. Is Lord, I'm stepping out of me and I'm stepping into you. It's what I pray before I step up here. It's what I was praying in my office this morning. It's what I pray when I have a difficult moment. It's what I pray when I'm struggling in this situation. God, I gotta step out of me. If I respond, if I try to do this in me, it's going to be ugly. God, I'm going to step into you. God, I I want to. I want to reflect you. Pastor, what happens when it's not easy? What happens when it's not good? We keep trusting. We keep doing the hard work. Job chapter 2, if you know the story of Job, if you don't, go back and read Job. Man, Job, man, he went through it all. He lost his homes. He lost his livestock. He lost his servants. He lost his children. Lost his health. Got boils from head to toe. His wife, the encourager that she was, looked at him and said, Job, why don't you just curse God and die? Well, thank you, honey. Appreciate that. What did Job say? Should we accept only good things from the hand of God and never anything bad? See, when we face the difficulties of life, we can still rejoice. Not because of the difficulties. But because we serve the one who's already conquered the difficulties. We follow after the one who's already given everything. And and now it's my responsibility to step out of self, step into his presence, and say, Lord, because of who you are, today I choose. I choose joy you bow your heads with me today thank you again for listening to the encounter church podcast we pray that this message was a blessing and an encouragement to your life